You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Awesome. Thanks, Jaden. Hey, so good to be able to bring the Word of God this morning. You guys good? Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll work with that. Hey, uh, I, I, just, I just love that the Word of God changes us if we would allow it to change us. If we'd allow to, to permeate in our, in our body and in, in our minds and in our hearts, I really believe that God has got a word for, for all of us today. And uh, we're closing off a series called Refresh. We've been looking at uh, the, the name Elam and the word Elam and uh, what, what it symbolized within the Bible. And uh, the, the heart of this message is that we would find refreshing in 2022. Um, I don't know what this last year has been like for you or even the year before. It seems like uh, about uh, March 2020. Everything just kind of came on top of us all, and we, we found ourselves in lots of different areas feeling the pressure and the weight of life. And I really believe that God is wanting us not to just persevere and just kind of work through that last season, but actually step in with confidence and boldness into this next season, knowing that God is with us, sensing, experiencing his presence on a daily basis so that we can walk with confidence into everything that God's got for us. So we're going to open the word this morning from Proverbs chapter 11. Um, Uh, verses 24 to 25. But before we do that, let me just pray. I just really want God's help as I I bring this message that we would all be encouraged as we now hear God's word for us today. So Father, thank you. Thank you that your word uh, truly does lead us and guide us into truth and righteousness. And Father, I pray for every single one of us. Lord, our hearts would hear what you want us to hear. Lord, I'm preaching a message, but Lord, there's going to be different messages that people will hear today. Uh, responses that they need, um, ways that they're hearing your voice. And God, I pray that, uh, Lord, ears would be open to hear, hearts would be ready to, to absorb what, what you want to say. And God, I just, I just want to speak your love over every single person here today. Lord, I know it to be true in my own life. And God, I pray that every person here would experience the fullness of your love and your presence in their life today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Proverbs 11, 24 to 25. It says, give freely and become wealthy. Be stingy, lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Um, verse 24 in the CSB version says, one person gives freely yet gains more. Another withholds what is right only to become poor. That's a nice little rhyme there, isn't it? You could uh, tuck that one away for, you, for your memory. One person gives freely, yet gains more. Another withholds what is right, only to become poor. Kind of sounds a little bit backward, doesn't it? Yeah, how can you give everything and then still have everything? In the economy, it doesn't quite make sense that you would give everything away and you've still got everything. But this is the way God seems to operate. It's one of these principles that we see in nature and in life, and we see God doing this in people's life. The generosity that they pour out, God tends to just pour it straight back into their lives. Uh, when Amy and I lived in Kaitaia, we were youth pastors. Uh, we we're on a pretty low income, and we we're taken care of. We had a salary. We were, we were blessed in that sense, but we we're on a, on a low income, and so therefore on a pretty tight budget. And so. Um, I, I needed a pair of running shoes. Uh, Amy and I were trying to raise some money to, to go over to Argentina uh, to do a football missions trip, and I uh, was so looking forward to it, but we needed to raise the money, didn't have the money to do that. And uh, so, we, so we had this, um, I, I guess, shortage of money, but we had enough money for me to go and get a pair of running shoes. Now, in Kaitai, there was one sports shop, 
So when there's one sports shop, that means that they can charge whatever they want, and they did. So uh, I bought myself a pair of running shoes, and it wasn't the most expensive pair in the store. In fact, it was probably even one of the, the, you know, the, the cheapest pairs, but ended up paying close to $200 for a pair of running shoes. And so I've got these running shoes. I love these running shoes. Three or four days later, I'm up at the airport picking up my, my pastor from a conference. So I'm coming to collect him, and I'm hearing this conversation going on, and I'm eaves, eavesdropping like a you know, good, good human being. You, know, just, you can't help yourself. You listen in, and there's this boy, and he's probably my height, but probably only 10, 11 years old. And, and the, the flight crew is saying, if he doesn't have a pair of shoes, he can't board the plane. Now, I didn't know what the situation was. I, I, I assumed that maybe it was a foster care situation where, where a child was being transferred to a new place, um, but he didn't have any shoes on. You know, and flight regulations say you need to wear shoes. Maybe if you crash, you've got to have a pair of shoes on when you crash. I don't know. But for whatever reason, he wasn't allowed on the plane without shoes. Now, I looked at my feet, and I had shoes on. And without thinking, I took my shoes off, handed it to them, and said, hey, um, would this help? They kind of looked at me as though I was crazy because maybe I was a little bit. But they kind of nodded and said, yeah, actually, that will help. And so he put the shoes on, and they're a little bit small for him, but he'd grow into them. And uh, he hopped on the plane, and I picked up my pastor and walked out of the, the airport in my socks with this goofy grin on my face. And I just, and I, I reflected on that day saying, why did I feel so happy about doing something for someone that I'll never even meet, meet again? Because there's something inside of us that God puts in us that if we would live with a life of generosity, that when we are prepared to refresh others, to pour out to others, guess what? God blesses us. Now, a couple of weeks later, we had a fundraiser um, where we, we took over, a, it was actually a rugby stadium, and ended up playing a football exhibition match. And uh, I had a team come up from Kirikiri and from uh, Whangarei, and we played a game, and we raised some money, and we actually raised almost $2,000. So almost 10 times the amount that I'd given away in the pair of shoes we raised to go towards our trip. Now, I'm not saying this to say that if you give something to God, you get a tenfold blessing back, guaranteed. But what I do know is that if we have a heart of generosity, God knows his kids, and he knows what you need, and he'll be prepared. If we give, he will give us everything that we need in return so that we can be a blessing for others. So this morning, I want to talk about generosity, because when you look at these verses, it says the more you give, the more you receive. The more we refresh, the more we bless others, the more we will receive that blessing ourselves. I like how Matthew Henry, he's one of the, uh, he did a commentary on the Bible, and he, he says this, he blesses the giving hand so it makes it a getting hand. Blesses the giving hand so it becomes a getting hand. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Some translations of the Bible, of the, the word, uh, uses water. You, when you water others, you will also be watered. And water or rain is a picture of blessing in the Bible. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. It was believed that rain kind of spoke of God's approval and the blessing that would be poured out. And, and when the rain was withheld, it was like a, a blessing was being withheld in the Old Testament. And I like the picture that rain gives us when it comes to this concept of pouring out because when we pour out, we also then receive it back. And the cloud or the rain cloud, uh, it showers down, it pours out rain, but that's not the end of it. Uh, my children taught me something I probably did learn in primary school, but probably didn't pay attention to, about the water cycle. 
They even had a little song, which I've forgotten already, how good is my memory. But the water cycle, which talks about the fact that there's that the water comes down, the precipitation comes down, and then it's, it's evaporated back up into the air, and then there's, there's condensation and evaporation, and this whole cycle where the water goes down, up, down again, and it just keeps cycling its way through. And I believe the blessing of God is like that in our lives, that we get a blessing of God, it comes in, we pour it out, it comes back in, we pour it out. It's like this unending cycle of God's blessing on our lives. The blessing is there to be enjoyed, but it's also to be poured out. And if we want to keep it for ourselves, maybe the blessing stops up. But if we're prepared to keep blessing others, I believe there will be an unending supply of God's blessing over our life. The word generous in verse 25, it means to be liberal. But there's there's some other meanings uh, that are kind of attached to the Hebrew word there, broka, which means blessing, prosperity, praise of God, a gift, a present. And the last one, a treaty of peace. And I want to look at some of these things this morning as we look at what it means to be generous, as we're going to anoint everybody for the work of the ministry. Did you know you're all called to full-time ministry? Not everybody's called to, to, to pastor a church, but everybody is called to a full-time ministry. In fact, you're doing a better job than I am, because all I can do is reach this group of people, but you are reaching into the society, the community that I can't touch and I can't reach. And when you're out there making a difference and living your life for God, you are working in full-time ministry, serving the Lord. So how can we do this practically? Is it all about money? Well, actually, no, it's not about money. It is sometimes, but it's less about money as you would think. Generosity can still be applied even if we don't have much money. So here's four ways that we can bring refreshing to others. The first thought this morning is we can be generous with our encouragement. We can be generous with our encouragement. Romans 1 verse 12, Paul says, when we get together, I I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. Don't you love hearing a story of of God doing something in somebody's life? I was just chatting with some friends last week, just went around at their place, and they said they're hearing from God like they've never heard before. I I went away so encouraged, thinking that the spending time in God's presence and, and even some disciplines of fasting and things like that that are causing the relationship with God to grow stronger. And I go, yes, that's good for their marriage, it's good for their friends, it's good for their business when somebody is going through that process. But their encouragement encouraged me. And as I encourage them, they encourage me. And that's how we can be generous with our encouragement. I love this, Proverbs eighteen twenty one. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. My question is, what do you love? Do you love the life or the death? What words are coming out of my mouth? Are they speaking life or are they speaking death? We've got a lot of words to get out. Some need more words to get out each day than others. Ladies, apparently you need more words. Men, not as many. But are the words that are coming out, are they building up? Are they bringing life or are they actually bringing death? Are they tearing people down? You know, in biblical times, a blessing wasn't just some nice words. A blessing held incredible significance. You know, a blessing would also often be um, connected to an inheritance. So the oldest child would receive a blessing, which would also be a physical inheritance as well. Uh, we see um, when Jacob tried to deceive his father Isaac by pretending to be Esau to steal the blessing that should have been his brother's. We see the, the mess that that created, the significance of the blessing that went beyond their own generations. 
You know, there have been significant moments in my life where words have impacted my life for good and for bad. Remember, there were moments where uh, mum and I were, I was 14 years old, I think, sitting in, in church, and somebody spoke over us and said, you guys will do a great job of leading our kids' ministry, the, the, the under fives. We're like, all right, we can do that. Kind of put our hand up and volunteered, and that was the start of my leadership journey. Somebody encouraged me. Somebody said, you can do this. You're capable of doing this. That encouragement was all it needed to unlock something in me. That from then on, it was like this journey of just step after step. I just kept saying, okay, God, I'll say yes to that. I'll say yes to that. And out of that came where I am today. What is it that that God's put in your life that somebody's encouraged you in? I remember I also had, had the words of a coach that, um, he, he said, I, so I was probably 11 at the time, very small for my age. I didn't grow much taller even when I did grow. But, but I found myself as a, as a small player, standing with players my age that were six foot. And, and I, I kind of knew that there were shorter footballers around the world that were doing incredibly well. Like Maradona was probably only five foot five, five foot six. And Lionel Messi, these players that are amazing players, and I heard these words from this coach that I really respected. And he said, you're small. He said, but that doesn't need to stop you. You're going to have to work hard on your physical, your speed, your agility, your strength. All of these things are going to have to counteract what you lack in height. Now, he meant it in the right way. I didn't take it the right way. It didn't come across as an encouragement for me. In fact, it was almost like a bit of a dream died in that moment when I realized, well, I'm just not going to be big enough. And so, therefore, I can't. See, the words were true, and what he said, had it been wrapped in encouragement, I might have received it differently. And our words can have so much power over somebody else if we would speak life over someone. Now, this morning in our, in our earlier service, I don't know if you've had the privilege of meeting Glenn Adams, but he's loud. He's, he's a good loud. I like it. You know, he, we're, we're in the middle of praise, and I didn't even realize he was in the room until I heard his voice. Amen! Hallelujah. And I'm like, hey, Glenn's in the house. And my spirit was lifted. You know, his praise to God and his encouragement lifted me. We can have the ability, our generosity of encouragement can actually lift other people as well. Let's make 2020 a year where our blessing is significant. Let's not use as many words as we, 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 we just fill it with just whatever, talking about anything. Let's be specific significant words. Let us speak words that actually bring life, not just fill in, fill in the air with noise. Let's speak life over ourselves and over others. Second area is we can be generous with our giving. 2 Corinthians 9, 10 to 12, it says, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources, then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things will result from this ministry of giving. Here are the two things. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem, Whangarei, Paramanga, wherever you find yourself, will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. I love this. We can meet the needs of others. What will their response be? Wow, God, thank you. I don't get the glory. You don't get the glory. God gets the glory. People might acknowledge, hey, thank you so much. And that's a great opportunity to say, I'm just doing it because I love the Lord. 
God bless you. You don't have to be you know, that super humble person that doesn't take it. You know, it's like, no, no, it's not me. It's God. Yeah, well, it was you. You did help. Appreciate it. Receive it. But deflect the glory all up to God. Allow God to get the glory. So my question this morning is, where do you have prosperity in the area of resource? Where, where are you rich? You say, oh, I haven't got much money. That's okay. What about business? Your, your ability to, to, to lead other people or management skills. What about marriage? Maybe your marriage has, has been an example for others, and you can speak that over somebody else. Maybe you've been parenting kids, you've raised kids, and now they've left home. You've got a wealth of resource in your parenting skills to be able to pass on to somebody else. And so the question is, what's in your hand? Where do you already see the favor of God? Where do you already see the blessing of God in your life? Would you begin to pour that out? You say, I might not have much money, but, but I've just seen God move in my life as I've been an encourager of people. And so I'm going to take that gift of encouragement. I'm going to keep speaking over people's life. I'm going to keep inviting people. One of the most amazing people is Kylie Jones. She, she is the best inviter of people I have ever met. She, she just opens up her world and she speaks life into people. She encourages them. People here today that are here because of her. That's the way she works. That's the way she lives her life. Don't stop, Kylie. Don't stop being that source of encouragement to people. I want to speak that over your life again today. But what is it you've got in your hand? Maybe it's fruit. Maybe it's vegetables. Maybe you've got a good garden that's really producing good fruit and produce. Sow that. Give that out. Spread that out. Allow people to receive the blessing that you've got. Let's do it. When we're in that place of favor, you're not striving. It's this, this, this place where it's like, I mean, I had the opportunity just in the last week to go and sit with a couple that aren't doing so well in their marriage. And I was able to share out of our marriage. Now, we don't have a perfect marriage. Amy and I fight. We have disagreements. We can't always agree on the same things. But there's a depth of relationship that we have that's been forged over many, many years. Wisdom from lots of the mistakes we made and how we got. But we keep coming back, keep building into our marriage. Keep, and so, so I've got an overflow in our marriage that I can hopefully bless other people with. I'm not an expert. I'm not a trained counselor. But when I sit with a couple, I can see areas where I've been, places where I've been. If, if they would just move or, or, or change or make some slightly different decisions, out of that overflow, I'm able to bless other people. So where is it that you see God moving in your life? Our giving can refresh others. I, I love Robert Morris. He says, if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. I've said this multiple times, and I'll keep saying it. I think it's one of the best quotes I've ever heard around giving. If God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. If he knows that what comes in, you will actually go out and be a blessing to others. I believe God won't stop pouring out. I've seen that in one person's life in particular. God is just blessing them with so much finance. But I, I hear of all the things they're doing, and they don't, they don't, they don't tell anybody about it. But I, you know, the rumors and the reports come back to me of this person that was blessed because of this person. The finance just comes in, and they just pour it out. And there's a need. There's a blessing. There's a blessing. And they just continue to live their life being a blessing. And God just, it's like that rain cloud, just the blessing keeps coming around, just revolves around. See, if we try and keep it for ourselves, I believe sometimes God just goes, right, you've got enough for you, but you're not going to spend it on anyone else. Probably just turn the tap off. 
I want that, that tap open, flowing with the blessing of God in and through my life. The third thing this morning is we can be generous with our ministry. Romans 1:11. for I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. Yes, throughout the New Testament, we read of the spiritual gifts that have been given. Now, these spiritual gifts aren't one size fits all. Sometimes I can look at somebody else, and I spent too many years in my early life, you know, the start of my you know, teens and young adulthood, looking at other people and wishing I was like them, looking at how other people ministered and how other people did that, and even as a, as, as a communicator, looking at other preachers and wishing I preached like them or wishing I led a church like they did, and there was a grace that was on their life that they were operating under, and I wasn't seeing the grace that I was operating under. And so the gift that you carry is going to be different to somebody else, and that's the beauty of the body of Christ. You know, we're all different parts that make up one body. I like to think of Elam Christian Center with a little pinky of the, you know, the the church of Whangarei, doing our little bit, but doing it with the best effort we can in order to make a difference in our community. Last week, one of our dream team was kind of feeling just the weight of, of life and pressure and, you know, physically okay, you know, wasn't, wasn't sick, but just tired. It kind of made us aware that they might not make it in the next morning and, you know, to church and we said, that's fine, we can cover, no worries. But they woke up the next morning, they woke up Sunday morning and made a decision, hey, I want to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to press, press through. I want to be there. They said by the end of the second service, they were so refreshed. And there's, there's something about that. When we're feeling tired, but when we serve with our gifts, there's something about what God does in our life. As we refresh others, God will refresh us. If you're unsure about your gifts, how God's wired you, um, what sets you apart from somebody else, our growth track is starting um, in the the start of March. It's going to be running from 1230, uh, so it's going to be like another service that we're going to set up. Um, so we'll clear the building again after this one, and then we're going to have lunch. So we're going to have a bite to eat together. Um, it'll be a pre-registered service, um, but uh, so we can have 25 people. So a vaccine pass isn't required. Uh, anybody can come, um, but it will be a limit of 25. So we're hoping to get that up and running um, and the registration process open, um, and it's going to be happening from the first Sunday in March. So if you haven't done the growth track, uh, come and join us. I'm going to be, uh, be a part of it over that month uh, with, with Matt Dodd. Matt, do you want to give us a wave? There's, there's Matt, awesome. <laughs> He'll say hi to you later. So go and have a chat with him and uh, sign up, get registered for that. Can't wait to, to connect you uh, with, uh, with your gifts if you don't already know that and find ways that you can uh, serve the Lord. Um, yeah. So as the team come this morning, I, I just want to close with this thought, uh, this fourth thought this morning, that we can be generous with our peace. We can be generous Without peace. You know, one of the meanings of the word, the Hebrew word, raka, is a treaty of peace. And if we don't need that now <laughs> than ever before, wouldn't you agree? So much turmoil, so much confusion, so many people upset and frustrated and, and angry. And we need to be carriers of peace. You know, we can even disagree. I, I, I love the fact that I can stand in disagreement with somebody, I can stand here in a position of opinion. I can stand, and they can stand there. But we can find agreement. We can even agree to disagree and still have peace. Like I said, there's a lot of words flying around at the moment. A lot of opinions. And I have my own opinions. I do. 
I'm just kind of learning to keep some of those to myself. Some of those I just take to God. Say, God, I I don't understand this. I'm, I'm a little confused by this. God, I'm frustrated by this. It's not going to have those conversations, but if those conversations mean you lose a friendship, then I don't think we're, we're operating like we should. You know, we, we, we can be the ones that bring a treaty of peace. I love this in 2 Corinthians 5.18. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Almost like we're representing God. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled, number one, to God. God who made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is what Jesus did for us. Jesus, without sin, became sin, took on the sin of the world, took on my sin. My sin alone was enough to put Jesus on the cross. But he took the whole sin of the world on his shoulders so that he could reconcile us with God. And because of that, we can then enter into that same agreement that we would be people who would bring reconciliation. What does it mean to be one who brings reconciliation, it, it means that, that we enter it with humility. You know, my goal, I, I used to want to be right. I wanted to prove myself right. I get into a conversation and I want to be the one that was right. And in doing so, I, I messed up friendships, got relationships all wrong. You know where, where my heart is now? when I enter a conversation that's even a difficult conversation, my goal is not to be right because I could be wrong. And I now enter conversations going, God, I want to know, you know, if I'm in the wrong here, I don't want to hold ground that is not ground to hold. I want to stand my ground if I'm on the side of righteousness. But if I'm wrong, I don't want to be proved right and lose a friendship. So I'm, I'm trying to enter every conversation now with humility that says, God, if I'm wrong, show me. But at the same time, I, I, I really believe that if, we, if we're quick to listen, slow to speak, we can even hold different opinions to other people and stand with friendship and relationship. And our prayer, my prayer this year, is that the church will be known for the, the ones that hold that treaty of peace. We've got work to do. We've got people to reach. People are not reconciled with God yet, and yet we can because we are called to be those that would reconcile. You know, for the early years of, of raising kids, we'd, we'd force our kids to say sorry. You know, sorry. You know, say sorry. Sorry. Like, yeah, not feeling the conviction in the sorry. <laughs> I can say this, Mum and I have had a laugh over this over the years, but I was, I was, I was raised in the era of a bit of uh, encouragement for, for the sorries. Come on, some of you know what that feels like. <laughs> and one time, mum was um, encouraging me to say sorry. And I was saying, I c- c- can't speak. I can't speak. She's like, well, if you can say I can't speak, you can say sorry. 
But no, this stubborn little heart was not going to repent. And it didn't matter what mum was trying to do, I was not going to say sorry until something changed in my heart. And I found myself doing the same with, with my kids. Say sorry. Sorry. We changed it up a little bit now. We still send them to their room. You're going to have a chat with God. All three of them have a relationship with God that I know is real, different levels of maturity, but, but all three of them know that they can go to God and have a conversation. So they'll, they'll, they'll go to their room. I'll say, you go and have a chat. You talk with God and you come back and have a chat with us. And what happens in that process is in their heart they go, I love my brother, I love my sister. I want to be in relationship with them. And I've wronged them. That relationship's out of place. And, and I believe Holy Spirit convicts them of that to the point where they then come back. They don't even come back to me. They go back to the other one. And they say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. That's the ministry of reconciliation. We were prepared to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me. Three of the most powerful words we could ever speak. Please forgive me. When that's given with, with, with a genuine heart and spirit towards somebody else, that is reconciliation right there. You know what Jesus did the same for us? Jesus hanging on the cross. His accusers hung him and nailed him to the cross. Shoved a spear into his side and beaten him. Father, please forgive them. But they don't know what they're doing. That's what Jesus did for us. And it's only because he's done that for us can we then be that, that person of reconciliation and bring that treaty of peace. In a moment, we're going to anoint everybody here. But I want to give an opportunity for anybody here today who has not experienced that reconciliation with God. The Bible says that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of a standard that God sets. That, that thing is called sin. Sin is what separates us from God. But God in His grace and His mercy offered a solution to sin. He sent Jesus, his own son. And Jesus came willingly and he died on a cross so that our sin, my sin, your sin, would be forgiven. And instead of judgment, he extends grace. And today, I don't know where you're at. I don't know whether you've ever surrendered your life to Christ or maybe you've walked with him once before, but today you're, you're just, you know you're not right with him. God wants to extend that grace to you today. And we want to encourage you on your journey as you take that first step. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'd love you to join me in praying that prayer. And then after that prayer, I'm just going to uh, invite you with every eye closed just to let us know if you prayed that prayer. And we want to walk with you and help you in your journey of following uh, after God with all of your heart. So why don't we pray together with every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace towards me. God, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner, that I'm in need of a Savior. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins. I turn, I repent from my old way of living. I ask you to forgive me and to come into my life to make me new. I receive your grace today in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you pray that prayer, for the first time or today is a rededication of your life to God. No one's looking around. But uh, myself and 
some of the team will just notice your hand as you pop it up and pop it back down. Say, yeah, I prayed that prayer. We want to get alongside you and help you take your next step. So on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer, one, God loves you. Two, he's got an incredible plan for you and he's forgiven you. Three, why don't you just stick your hand up? That's amazing. Thank you. You can pop it down. Thank you. Praise God. That's amazing. That's amazing. Love to connect with you afterwards and help you take your next step. So good. So good. Church, would you stand? Stand to your feet. In a moment, we're going to anoint everybody with oil. Um, we're in interesting times right now, obviously. Challenge for everybody. But uh, we want to make a commitment to continue to do everything we can to, to provide church. But in doing that, we also just need to make sure that we're, we're doing everything from a health and safety point of view as well. So, um, so as you come forward for anointing, uh, all of us will be masked up. And uh, we'll just ask if you could do that as well. We've got some masks um, for yourself. If you don't have one, uh, we can provide you with one. If you don't want to receive prayer, that's no problem at all. Um, I'm going to pray a general prayer over all of us. The anointing oil, uh, we're, we're just going to put that in your hands so that uh, we don't even have to do that, that close contact stuff. Um, the, the oil is symbolic. It's not about the oil. It's about the one who's being anointed and the one who is anointing us ultimately. And God, Holy Spirit, is wanting to anoint you for the work of ministry this year. So why don't you just open up your hands as an as a act of surrender to God today. And I want to just pray a prayer over all of us. God, I thank you for the lavish generosity you've poured out on each of us. Thank you that you generously gave your very best. You gave your son Jesus to die on the cross for us. And today we, we acknowledge the blessing of God over our lives. And God, maybe for those that find it hard to see, God, I pray you would just make that real to us today, that we would see and know your blessing, your favor. Father, I pray for every person in their place of ministry, whether they're in a school, in their neighborhood, at home, in a business, working on the shop, shop front or on the floor, those in management, those in leadership. God, I thank you that you've called us to be carriers of your presence. And God, I pray that this year would be a year where we would speak the blessing of God over others, that our voices would be loud and would be strong, that generation after generation we would speak the blessing of God. Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd embolden us. You say in Acts 1 that you'd receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that you'd be witnesses everywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. God, I pray for that boldness to come upon us, that we'd be able to proclaim the good news everywhere we go. Lord, for those that are sick or those that know someone who's sick or believing for healing, God, we pray for healing in the name of Jesus. Pray for whole bodies, mind, soul, spirit. Lord, those that are weary and feeling broken, God, restore Fresh, renewed by your Holy Spirit. We ask for this in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.